The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service, nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another class from Hall Foundation. Tonight, it is independent living skills. I am Desiree, one of our sight loss instructors with Hall Foundation. Our Zoom host tonight is going to be Herbie. Jewel will be our facilitator and our streamer is Nikki. Please keep yourself muted until Jewel asks for raise hands because um, it's kind of distracting background noises, particularly if you have hearing loss. When it is time to raise hands, Jewel, or excuse me, not Jewel, Herbie, will uh, remind everybody how to mute and unmute the raised hands. If you miss any information during this call, we will send out uh, post notes upon request, so please stay tuned until the end when we will give you our contact information. Over to you, Jewel. Thank you, Desiree. Um, so this would be our first independent living call through independent living skills call through Hall Foundation and Learning Center. I appreciate everybody coming today. Today's topic is money management, everything to do with money and banking. Um, so just to give you a little quick rundown that will cover coins, uh, bills, cards, uh, banking apps, and checks and statements from your bank. So we'll go ahead and get started. We'll start with the easiest thing, which is coins. If you have ever looked at a coin, you'll notice that some coins have a smooth edge and some have a rough edge and they're different sizes and weights. So I'll run through those. Um, the smallest coin is gonna be your dime. So if you look at the different coins, you got a dime, penny, nickel, and quarter. Your smallest coin is going to be your dime. It's also the thinnest, but it has a rough edge. You run your nail over the edge of the coin, you're going to feel it bumpy. This is not true with all coins. Your next smallest coin is your penny, which is thin, but a little bigger and a little thicker than a dime. And pennies have smooth edges. So that's how you can tell between the dime and the penny on the fly. Like you got a bunch of coins and you're like, which is my dime? The dime has a rough edge. The penny has a smooth edge. If it has a smooth edge, it's not a dime. Your next largest coin is going to be your nickel. And this is going to be your thickest coin. It's also the heaviest. You would think that'd be the quarter, but no, nickels are actually thicker, so they're heavier. Nickels are also smooth edged. However, because they're so much thicker than a penny, you can tell the difference because of that. You can tell the weight. If you hold a penny in one hand and a nickel in the other hand, you can tell the nickel is much heavier. So that's how you tell the difference between the two smooth edged coins. The largest coin, of course, is going to be your quarter. There are larger, but they're pretty obvious because they're much larger, like your dollar coins. Um, your quarter is going to be the largest one. It is thinner than the nickel, uh, you know, obviously, because um, that's your thickest, but it has rough edges. 
So on the fly, if you have a nickel, which is a large coin, and a quarter, you can tell the difference between the two because the quarter has the rough edge, the nickel has the, the smooth edge. So if you run your, your nail over the edge and it doesn't get bumpy, then you know that's a nickel and not a quarter. Um, and the difference between the two rough-edged ones is very apparent because the rough the other rough-edged one is the dime, and the dime is much smaller and much thinner than the quarter. So that is your coins, um, and because it's so simple, I'm going to go into bills a little bit, and then we'll take questions. So that goes over the main coins. Of course, you've got your um, larger coins like your your whole dollars, but those are not very common. And those are really obvious because they're much bigger, as I said. Um, they're usually much thicker than the quarters. Um, they're not a huge amount different from the quarters in size, but they are much thicker. Um, so for bills, um, obviously bills all look the same to a blind person. Um, and to someone with low vision, you may not be able to see the numbers on there. They do have large numbers, but sometimes they're not large enough. Um, and the colors might be very hard to see because it's green and then it has like the purplish color on it for some of the numbers now. Um, but there's not a lot of contrast there. So there's a couple options with that. There are apps and there's a device. Um, the device I'll go over first because it's uh, pretty easy. It's called the iBill. Um, I build banknote um, identifier. It is a small handheld device. It's very lightweight. It fits in a purse pocket or um, it has a belt clip also. And it will identify your coins um, in three different ways. And you can toggle between the three. Um, and it's in, they come with directions, including on a CD. So you can listen to the directions if you can't read the Braille. Um, so the three modes are, uh, voice. So it can say, you know, that's a $1 bill or it can say that's a $5 bill or a $20 bill. And you're not, I'm not likely to see anything bigger than 20. So I, if I get a hundred dollar bill, awesome. <laughs> um, it can also do with tones. So a single tone would be a one two tones I believe is a five and then a long tone um, is also available and the different combinations tell you different denominations. I don't prefer this method because I can never remember what tone means what um, but then you have the third option which is the vibrations and this is especially useful for people who also have hearing loss um, because you might not be able to hear it tell you what it is, or you may be in a really loud environment and you may not have hearing loss, but it's so loud, you won't be able to hear it, but you still need to pay for that item in the mall. So then it can tell you through vibrations and those are short and long vibrations and different vibrations mean different things. I don't recall all of them. I think it's short one for one and then a long one for five and then combinations for 10, 20 and so on. Um, it gives you all the combinations to look at when you get the device. So how do you get this device? It is free to people who need it. Um, so if you are blind or low vision, it is free of charge to you through the Department of Engraving and Printing. Um, 
there are two ways to get it. If you are an NLS patron, if you call your talking book library, they'll help you fill out an application and get it sent off for you. And you can call 1-800-NLS-READ if you don't know your local talking book uh, library. And that will go to the federal headquarters in DC and they can help you also. If you are not an NLS patron, the easiest way to do it is through an email to, and I will include this in the resources, the, um, why is my, sorry, my note went away. <laughs> so, um, really? Okay, sorry about that. Technology does not want to work with me today. So, the non-patrons or anybody wanting more info, or if you just don't really want to talk to NLS, which some people don't want to, it's okay. Uh, then you can call, you can call, or you can email. The email is meaningful. So M E A N I N G F U L dot access A C C E S S. So meaningful dot access at BEP, which stands um, for Bureau of Engraving and Printing, dot G-O-B. Um, you, you can also call for this information and they will tell you how to apply. And this also I will include in the resources, but I will tell you now. The phone number to call for information about the um, iBill reader is 844-815-9388. I'll say that again. 844-815-9388. And that will get you to the Department of Engraving and Printing's meaningful access program and they can get you information to apply and this can be sent directly to you in the mail. Um, it is a handy device to have and it doesn't cost you anything if you are eligible for it, which I'm assuming if you're on this call, if you're low vision or blind, you are eligible for it. So that is very useful. However, if you don't want to keep up with a small device, there are also apps that can be very helpful for identifying money, um, identifying bills. Um, two on iOS that I am very familiar with, Seeing AI. Microsoft has an, an app called Seeing AI, and it has a money identification channel. I believe it's called Currency Channel. Um, and you put it to that, and you hold your camera, your phone's camera over the bill and you can be front back you could be upside down it'll read it um, then the bureau of engraving and printing also has an app for the people who don't want the device um, the app is called i note that is e y e n o t e um, and that is free also seeing ai and i note are both free apps um, to anybody um, on Android, because not everybody uses iOS, there are also some apps. 
if you are familiar with the Google Lookout app, it does identify currency. Um, and that is a really good app in general, very comparable to seeing AI. There's also an app on Android from the Bureau of Engraving and Printing. And it is called the Ideal I'm sorry, it lost focus. Ideal Currency Identifier, and that is an Android app from the Bureau of Engraving and Printing is their equivalent of the iNote app on the um, Apple platform. So you have that option on both Android and iOS, but you also have Seeing AI and Google Lookout, which are very comparable, but also have other things like OCR, and um, image recognition. So those are the apps and devices for bills. And so I will take raised hands at this time about anything to do with coins or bills. Harvey? Yes, as a matter of fact, Melissa. Good evening, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Hi, Jewel. I can at least. Hi, Jewel, and welcome back to um, our community. We've missed you, um, Thank you as far as doing these calls. Um, so that app that you just talked about, that iNote, mm -hmm. um, is that strictly just for bills or can you use it for other things? That's the first time I've ever heard this app. The iNote app is strictly for U.S. currency and is just for bills. So how does it work? It, it, do you just put your camera up, up to exactly. it? Exactly. You just take the phone camera, you hover it over the bill. It could be front, back. It could be upside down. It doesn't care. It will say, speak 1, 5, 20, and so on. And that's You free. find a $100 bill, I want it. Yes, it is <laughs> totally free. It is, um, it is totally free to you. It is supported by grants from the government. Fantastic. Um, I'll check that out. All four of those apps are free. Right. Okay, well, thank you, and I'll check that out myself. Can't wait. For people outside of the U.S. or who travel outside of the US, U.S., there are also other apps that um, read currency from other um, countries. One that I can think of off the top of my head on iOS is AR Money Reader, and it will read currency from seven different countries, including the U.K., um, because it's going to be obviously different in different countries. Um, but if you look around, there are apps that will do other countries if you happen to travel or you live outside the U.S. So do we All have right. any other? Oh, yes, we do. Marge. Actually, it's Marja. Also, uh, hey, Marja. Uh, I just wanted to add a quick note of caution about the I-Bill. My experience has been that they tend to make a lot of mistakes and you're joking about hundred dollar bills. It's kind of not funny because I roomed with a lady at the national convention who used what her eye bill identified as a $10 bill. It was a hundred dollar oh. bill. Yeah. And people uh, would totally take advantage of that. Well, fortunately it was another blind person. She'd only had an interaction with one monetary interaction with one blind person. She knew who it was. She got the money back to oh, wow. my friend, my roommate, which was really wonderful. But I, I'd seen it make a lot of mistakes. But when huh. it read a $100 bill as a 10, I don't I try not to carry anything. A 50 is a push for me. I don't like carrying right. large bills. I think it's a bad idea. But yeah, just a little note of caution. 
if you find a hundred dollar bill in my wallet, um, that would be a surprise. Something's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, if you find a five dollar bill in my wallet, it's weird. I don't carry cash. But that's good to know. I've never had it be inaccurate that I know of. Yeah, I've seen good it. Know that there are. Yep. Um, I think there are some inaccuracies with everything, but I, as far as I've been able to tell, um, the apps seem to be pretty reliable. And I've, I've never seen any accuracies that I know of. Unfortunately, if I had any inaccuracy, I might not have known about it. Because right. there are people who will give you a $10 bill and swear that it's a 20 So it's good to check your money. So that kind of leads right into the next thing. Do we have any other hands before I move on, though? Yes, we do. Hiel. Oh, okay. Hi, Hiel. Hello, everybody. Uh, so real quick, uh, it's sort of note to um, to uh same thing happened with me and the eyebrows. So what I do uh, mm. with um, money, uh, especially in larger denominations, but I tend not to carry money, is is to fold it in a special way, which is the pre-eyebrow, pre-iPhone app, pre-everything way to <clears throat> identify money for a lot of us uh, who've been blind for a, a long time. Um, and so what I do is, is I, if, if I know it's a 100, if I verified it with an app, because I, I don't know where my eyebrow is, I stopped using it because it was not reliable, um, I, I will fold it a very specific way, but then put it in uh, a very specific place in my wallet. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's one little suggestion. Thanks. So since you're covering what I was about to talk Could about. Could you mute me, Harvey, please? Oh, I was actually going to ask you something. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. So you were about to cover it. You covered exactly what I was about to address next. Um, would uh -huh. you like to share how you fold all your bills? Because it's different for each person, but it might give people <clears throat> so, ideas. Right. Um, I haven't had to fold them in, in a while. But uh, so the, the number one, the $1 bill, I never keep folded. Um, if I do, I put it in a very specific place in the wallet. There are wallets with um, money dividers. Uh, there are wallets with multiple pockets specifically for keeping money in different little slots. Uh, just look around. You'll see, even in, in, in stores, you'll see really interesting looking wallets. Um, uh, so there's the one. The five, I tend to fold in half. The 10, I fold half and then I fold again. The 20, I fold the long way. The 100, I think, isn't there a $50 bill occasionally somewhere, somehow? Anyways, I can't remember. Um, the $100 bill, uh, I fold just like I do the 20, but then I fold it in half. Oh, short cool. wise. That seems so, to be like basic way that most people do it. Yeah. It, it's basic because it works. It, most people do right. it because it works. So Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. And if you send somebody so, else who's blind into your wallet to grab a, a bill and you have it folded that way, they're more likely to know it if that's also the way they yeah, do it. Yeah, I just stopped carrying cash because it was just a yeah. pain to keep track of all that stuff and it requires a bigger wallet and sometimes I don't want to carry a bigger wallet. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's where the apps really are helpful. Personally, Definitely. I use seeing AI. So there we go. Thank you, Hael. Nope. Um, I would mention that whatever way you fold it if it works for you that that's the way it should be 
Um, so another option is I always took my tens and, and, and folded them not in half twice, which seems to be the most common way, but I would fold in um, one side to the middle and then fold it in half so that there was part that wasn't lining up. And that way I knew that was the 10. Um, but whichever way you do it, if you can remember it, that's what matters. So since Hayel covered that so well, I think I'll go on to the next part. Which is Just so you know, part. you do have two raised hands. Oh, let's let's get the raised hands first. I'm sorry. That's okay. Sometimes they they keep popping up um, mm -hmm. like later on, not all at once. So that's fine. Um, Tarika, I'm sorry. She oh, oh, no, nope, Tarika lowered her hand actually. So Nora. Oh, okay. Yeah, hello. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes, we yeah. can hear you. I can hey, hear you. Um, I, okay, great. Um, I found another I, uh, item that would be good to read your money, paper money. It would be the, I think, called an OrCam. Mm, uh, yes. That might, I'm thinking that might be more accurate than the other devices. I think you're probably right. Um, I know that OrCam can read bills. I didn't think about that. Um, it's a device and it can be a pretty expensive device, but if you can get one, then that is a great little device. I've seen one and it works great. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, yeah. it fits in the hand like a pencil. It's great. Uh -huh. That's right. Mm -hmm. Good, good yeah. suggestion, Nora. Thank you. You're very welcome. You. Did, did the other hand get raised again? No, it did not. Okay. Do we have any other hands before I move on? We do not. Okay. So now I will discuss cards, which can be very confusing. Um, oh, now she just rose. The other person did actually just re-raise their hand. Awesome. Awesome. We'll take that hand. All right, Tarika. Yeah, I'm confusing you now. No, I was <laughs> just going to say that um, Hayao mentioned the money dividing wallets. I had one, a bill fold, where I didn't fold my money. I just put them in the divider. It had three pockets, so I used um, the furthest left for the, the nickels the middle pocket for the dimes and the furthest right for the quarters. And then it had pockets for ones, fives, tens, twenties, and fifties. And on the other side of the billfold, there was one pocket and that's where I put the hundreds if I ever had any. And then there was also a zipper pocket where I put the pennies and then there were wow. the card. So a it was all neat and orderly. <laughs> That's a very organized wallet. I I praise I applaud you for that. Thank That's you. That's awesome. Yeah, it is a good idea. Um, because then you can just go pocket, grab, pocket, grab, good to go. You don't have to worry about it once it's in there. I would mention um if you do not have a sighted person to help you with it, you might want to use one of those apps to verify when somebody gives you a bill, like at the store. Unfortunately, there are still people out there who will take advantage of volume person, give them a one and swear it's a five or swear it's a 20. Um, or they'll give them three bills and say that's a five and a five and a 10. And it's three ones. 
So verifying is definitely important also, but once it's verified, once it's in your wallet, that sounds like a great way to do it. Um, so any other hands at this time, Herbie? There are currently not. Okay, so we'll move on to cards now. Um, bills can be pretty simple once you figure out how to verify what they are. Um, cards can be a little more complicated because even once you verify them, it takes a little bit to verify them again. And if you don't, you don't know which one's which, it can be very complicated. Um, however, there are various ways to help with that. The first way is basically what um, I was just said about the organized wallet, and that's having specific pockets, um, card pockets that are for each card. So in my wallet, my state ID is always on the left at the bottom, which is usually the one with the clear spot. So it makes sense that not, you know, if you don't even have to take out your state ID to show it to people. Um, so I always know that my state ID is where the clear spot is, bottom left. My debit card is always on the bottom right. If it is not there, I go, oh my goodness, where did I put it? So I always put it back in the same spot, even, you know, I, you know, if I, if it's somewhere else, even though it's still in the purse, then I'm still going to freak out because it's not in the right spot. Um, so I always put it in the bottom right. Um, I always put my insurance cards on in the middle right. So if I have to grab my medical cards to show to the doctor, to the hospital, you know, at the ER, I can grab it in a heartbeat or I can direct somebody to grab it in a heartbeat. Um, so if you always have the same spot for your cards, then you can always grab it and you don't have to have somebody go through your purse or your wallet and find your card for you. Um, the other thing that I love to use is an app um, that is available on iOS. I don't believe it has an Android equivalent, unfortunately, but there are ways to do it. Um, Assist Eyes Wallet, Assist Eyes, E-Y-E-S Wallet. It costs about $6, I believe. I've had it so long that I've forgotten how, exactly how much it costs and I try to look it up and I couldn't find it. Um, but it is still out there. I verified in the app store. Um, it is a local storage for information with a pen to protect the information. So the the information is not stored in the cloud. If your if your cloud account is your iCloud account is hacked, it's not in there. If somebody gets into your phone, not only do they need the pen for your phone, but they also need the pen for this app because it is a different pen. Um, and you can set it up with Touch ID as well, or I think Face ID as well. I'm not certain on that. I haven't been able to verify that. I don't like Face ID. I use Touch ID. <laughs> So, um, so everything is stored on your phone unless they can get into the app with the pen, they're not getting that information. This is especially useful for your debit card information. So if you want to take your debit card information, you want to put your number, your expiration date and your CVC in this app, you might just write Visa debit for the title and then you put the information in the content and if you needed it for online shopping or something, then all you have to do is go into the app, enter your pin, go to the right file, 
and there's your information um, stored for you. You don't have to go scan the card all over again, which can be a pain, especially since a lot of OCR does not read the expiration dates. This can work for any card. Um, so if you have a state ID, if you need your state ID number in your phone so that you can tell it to somebody for an application or something, you can store it as state ID or whatever you like, and then put in the content, the card number, your ID number. Um, this can work for any information. However, I use my Assistize Wallet app as a password manager as well. So I can put Amazon PW, and then in the content, I put my password. Um, usually put the username with it, of course, but that is stored locally on your phone again, and nobody can get into it without that pin. There is no ability to hack into it from outside because it's not connected to the cloud at all. The only drawback is that if you switch phones, that information will not go with your backup because it is not in the cloud at all. So you will have to manually re-enter all the information in the new phone because it is stored on the phone. It will not move over. So that is one um, way to do it. There's another way to do it, however, um, if you don't want to use a separate app. In the Notes app, and I believe Android has an equivalent um, to the Notes app. I can't remember the name of it. Um, in the Notes app, you can create a pen protected file. And you can do this in the Android 2, as I, I believe. I don't I have an Android, so I can't verify. Um, you can create a password protected file, a pen protected file, and it will be stored in the cloud, but nobody can get into that file without the pen that is associated with that file. Um, which is going to be different from your personal phone pin. Um, so that is another option also. I personally prefer the SysDyes wallet because it is completely local, whereas the pin protected file is going to be in the cloud. Um, you can set it as locally stored, though. So that is an option as well. Um, I find that the SysDyes wallet, which was created for a visually impaired person, by a visually impaired person is very easy to use and I much prefer it. Um, but that is a great way to store your information so you don't have to go searching for it so much. Now, if you want to be able to find a card in your wallet on the fly and you don't want to remember that it always goes in the top left, bottom right, middle left, whatever, you can also, being careful that you do not snip important information off or a chip, you can snip the tiniest bit of a corner off and it will not affect the card, even a debit card or credit card. Just be careful that you're not snipping important information off because that will affect the use of the card. Um, if somebody sees that a number is missing from your card, you're not going to be able to use that card. You're going to have to get a new one. But most cards... The corners don't have any information on them and the chip is not in the very corner. You can snip off with scissors just the very tip of the corner. And then when you reach into your wallet, you know that that snipped card is this specific card. So if you know, do you always need to get your debit card out very quickly? 
you might want to snip the corner of your debit card. Um, if you have more than one card, you could snip two corners on one of them and one corner on the other one. And then you wouldn't have both cards. Obviously, you're limited by the number of corners to how many cards you can use for that. Um, so that is another way to be able to identify cards on the fly. You can also make um, slip cases that have braille or large print on them. Um, the easiest way to do this is just to take a piece of paper, cut it down to the length, the width of the card, and then just fold it, the card into it and put whatever you want in um, Sharpie or um, you know, the high contrast pens or in Braille and just kind of just wrap the card in that and you can stick it in there as well. Um, the amount of uh, bulk that the small piece of paper, especially if it's printer paper, adds is not enough to um, affect it being able to go into the card holder. Um, Braille might affect it a little more because it's got, you know, a little extra height because of the Braille dots. Um, but if you put the Braille at the very top part of your card, then it's going to be sticking out anyway. And then you can just run your fingers over it and be able to find your card that way. Um, so that's another option is just wrapping your card in paper and then writing on the paper. I highly suggest that you do not put Braille or write in large print directly on any card. Um, sighted people will have to see that card. And even clear Braille is going to get in the way. Um, and you're not going to be able to swipe that card as easily, especially a card that has a chip that you have to actually insert. So I would not suggest putting um, Braille directly on a card, like with Dymo tape. And I would suggest not writing on it with like a Sharpie. Um, however, another option, if you are low vision, um, is to get the very small stickers that they have in the hardware stores. They are various colors. So red, orange, yellow, green, blue, black, white, so on. Um, these are used to mark tools. They're very small. And you could stick that in an unused corner of the card. And if you remember that the red card is your, the red dot means your ID, the orange dot means your debit card, and the yellow dot means your credit card, then even if you can't read the actual card, you'll always be able to tell which one's which. So that's another option um, for identifying your cards on the fly very quickly. Um, I wouldn't suggest bump belts again because those cards may have to be inserted somewhere and a bump belt's doing it in the way and it's just going to have to be taken off. Um, and a bump belt will get in the way of a card, um, card holder in your wallet. So that's not a good option. Um, but a flat sticker, if you can see the colors, is very useful also. So I'm going to pause here and see if there's any raised hands on cards and card management. Harvey, we do we have any hands? We do have a raised hand, yes. Okay. Area code 508 ending in 613. Please let us know who you are. Hello, this is Jane Perry, your Cape Cod connection from Falmouth, Massachusetts. <coughs> Excuse me. I have a question. 
about putting a sticker on a, uh, I am, have no vision, uh, mm-hmm. um, putting a sticker on a card to identify it. Could you put a pen friend sticker label on that? Um, card? I think those are going to be too large. These stickers I'm thinking of are basically small dots um, that are usually put on like the handle of a hammer or a screwdriver. So they're very small. Um, I think a pen friend um, sticker would be too big. I don't think there's don't any think so. that are small enough. So you, I don't no? think so because they have small ones and they have big ones. Oh, I didn't know they had small ones. What are the dimensions of the smaller ones? Do you know if it's like uh, an inch or half an inch? I don't know. They're, they're, okay. they're, they're pretty small. If it's small enough that it will not cover up any information on the card, I'd say go for it. Um, okay. Just make sure it's not covering up the chip. Um, there's a on debit cards and credit cards. There is a bar on the back side that you don't want to cover because right, they, they have to swipe pretty, that. Right, yeah, right. Right. Okay. You don't want to cover up the um, no. the card number or the expiration date. Yeah. If you can manage to get it on there without that, I don't see any reason not to use it because um, it's okay. flat enough that if you had to insert it, it would it wouldn't get stuck. Okay. Thank you. And what did you yeah. say your name was again? I didn't catch that the first time. Oh, she's muted. I was oh. gonna, but that's okay. All right. Um, I think said her name was Jane, and she's from Massachusetts. I'm. All right, I think so too. I had a little trouble hearing her name, also. All right then. Um, let's go on to Terika. Okay. Terika. Uh, so I have a uh, more of a comment and a question because mm-hmm. these days I use what I like to call a purse shaped wallet. It's not big enough to be a real purse, so it, it works mm-hmm. more like a wallet. And it's got all sorts of car pockets along mm-hmm. its front and it clasps so that nothing will fall out. And I put my cards in a certain order in certain pouches. So lowest mm-hmm. pouch, I have my ID first, and then I have my medical card right after it in the same pouch. And then I have my debit card and then my EBT card. And then the next pouch up, I have uh, my library cards. And the next pouch up, I have my bus cards. That is actually what I do also. And it's almost the identical order as well. My EBT card is top left. My state ID is bottom left. Um, I think the only difference is my library card is right below my EBT card. And my insurance cards are on the right side above my debit card. So, um, but yeah, if that if you have enough pockets for all your cards and that works really well for you, go for it. That's what I do. I love it. Awesome. We all have- right. Yes, we do. And um, that would be Teresa. Hi, Teresa. Hello. <clears throat> well. I have too many cards to do the corner snipping. <laughs> you run out of corners. My, my, yeah, between my, my debit and credit and medical and store cards and whatever. I probably have like, you know, 10 or 12 cards. But I have had really good luck with Braille. But um, what I do is put it on the corner of the card and put only like two or three or one, one even letter. And mm. when I have them stuck in the little card holders the little edges are sticking out so I can feel the braille quickly and oh. you know a- as you said I make 
sure not to put it anywhere where it's going to try to go through a machine so it doesn't interfere right. with it. Um, and that works really well for me to find them very quickly. At, so you, you know, put at, it on the corner that... Um, I'm sorry, Teresa. No, it's okay. Yes, that's correct. I put it on the corner where there is no strip and obviously all the chips. Right, so it's going to be away from where the ATM will need it or mm -hmm. the um, card reader will need it. That's a good okay. idea. Yeah, didn't think about that because, I mean... That is the one spot that is not going in the machine. Yeah. And then you have to be sticks, able to pull it out. It sticks out from your card holder so you can, you know, see it quickly without having to pull them all out to figure out which card is what. Do you do that with Dymo tape? Uh-huh. Do you do that with, yeah? Yep, okay. I do. Yeah, yeah. That works. That works great. Yeah. Okay. So that's another way to do it. Awesome. Thank you, Teresa. Do we have any other hands-on cards? We do, yes, All Desiree. Right. Hey, hey. Um, <laughs> so my thought, because I'm crafty, is, um, well, one, I used to make wallets out of duct tape, and they make some really fancy pants duct tape. Mm -hmm. So if you're unhappy with your organization and you don't mind fiddling with paper, you cut out your paper and then you cover it in duct tape. Um, so you can get your bright colors for identifying or if you're not happy with your wallet organization, however it happens to be. Just play around with some printer paper, cutting it up into, you know, slightly larger sizes than you think you need for your cards if you want to have a delightfully layered out card organization in pretty colors. Yeah, duct tape. That's awesome. Yeah, I've made a duct tape purse before. It's a lot of fun. I can't do it on my own because I go to look at it and my hand gets stuck. <laughs> you go to what? Um, I go to look at the duct tape that I'm putting down and my hand gets stuck on the sticky part. Oh. And then I get all tangled up in my hand. <laughs> yeah. So I've learned that I need sighted assistance to make a duct tape purse, but it's a lot of fun. Oh, I bet there's workarounds. Oh, yeah, definitely. I just haven't taken the time to learn them. But that is a great idea. So you could have a wallet that has different colors for each card, even. Mm -hmm. um, you know, 100%. And then not only is it in the same spot, but it's also a different color. And that reminds you as well. That's yep. awesome. Yep. Well, if you don't like what's out there, make it. 100%. Kirby, any other yep, hands? We do. Hi, L. Hey. You know, yep. I need to thank Desiree because she gave me an idea for Christmas gifts. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, <clears throat> Teresa kind of stole my uh, thing, but that's okay. Uh, I also do it with um, my state ID, mainly because it, it is the most uninteresting uh, card in my wallet. Well, aside from the fact that I can actually tell by feeling the little raised letters or engraved letters on the card mm -hmm. but not everybody has that kind of feeling so uh, I put in you can put braille on any part of that card really um, I put just ID on it um, or did I, I can tell the difference now but before that's what I did um, so that's definitely one way um, one one little word of suggestion or you know recommendation for people who choose not to memorize their card numbers uh, I, I chose to do it but um, at least try to remember the last four digits of most of your money cards because mm -hmm. if you use them for online transactions or for uh, 
things like Audible, whatever. Some uh, like for instance, yesterday I had to transfer an Audible account, uh, and they and they were we were discussing my payment, and she wanted to verify my payment by mm-hmm. asking me the last four digits of my um, card number. So. Knowing things like that is a little bit easier than having to bury, go through your phone or look for Mm -hmm. your braille sheet and waste time. That's if you do have the memory space for it. Some people just don't, and that's okay. I'm not trying to shame them at all. But if you are at all able to remember or memorize the last four digits of your card, if not your entire card information for, so you don't have to like use it, um, you know, have to, go digging so that's just my suggestion thanks definitely yeah um yeah that's awesome Hmm? oh um yeah so if you can memorize the numbers great um that's a great way to do it because then you don't even have to worry about looking it up um in my situation memorizing numbers is not happening I have dyscalculia, so, <laughs> um, you know, you tell me one, four, five, two, and I'm concentrating very carefully. I'm going to say one, five, two, four. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, if you can memorize, if you have the memory space for that, like she said, then that is definitely a very good number to memorize along with things like your social security number. That is probably going to be your most important number to memorize your social security number because it's never going to change. And People are going to be constantly asking you, Social Security, what's your Social Security number? Doctor, what's your Social Security number? So that's the one that you definitely want to memorize. And you don't want to keep your Social Security card in your wallet anyway. So if your wallet's stolen and they have your Social Security card, your identity could be stolen. So, um, so yeah, that's definitely a very good tip. Is there, Are there any other hands for cards, Herbie? Nope, that is currently it. Okay, so we'll move on to the next topic. And at the end, there will be time to um, ask questions about any of these and anything else related to money management. Um, So the next topic I wanted to talk about was checks and bank statements. So there are a couple of options for checks. There are large print and raised line checks available. However, as it was pointed out to me many times, both by the bank and by people who have ordered them, they can be pretty expensive. Um, So you order checks, regular checks, they might be like 10 bucks. Your large print could be three times that amount just because they're large print. Um, If they work really well for you and you feel they are worth it, go for it. If you don't use checks a lot and you know, that extra expenditure is not really going to be worth it to you. They are quite expensive. Um, Raised line checks are also pretty expensive, but they can also be really handy if you don't have much vision at all, but you can definitely still write um, as long as you can stay on the line because, you know, raised line. Um, Those are going to be tactile um, because they are raised up from the check. Uh, and there's going to be a raised line um, and you know, large print, the, the lines will be bolded in the usual places. The other option is a, is a writing guide that is made specifically for checks. They have them for the large print checks and for the regular size checks. 
So if you find that because you can't see it well, you drift off the line, a writing guide is a really handy tool to have. If you can't see at all, but you can still write print and cursive, a writing guide can be very useful if you, if you want to continue to write checks. Personally, I haven't touched a check in over a decade. Um, other than ones given to me. <laughs> but if you still use checks and you find a need for them, um, a lot of businesses especially find a real need for them, then you might find a writing guide or a large print or, or uh, raised line checks to be very useful. Those are probably going to be your easiest ways to um, work checks. There are also um, clipboard writing guides that if you um, have raised line checks and you just need to line it up because even though there's a raised line, you still drift a little bit, the um, writing guide on the clipboard, which moves up and down, might be really helpful for you also. And it also has a piece that can move moved around left and right. Um, and because it's a clipboard, it can also steady the check or whatever else you're writing on. So it can be a writing guide for anything. Um, this can be also useful for like if you're doing a medical form and you have somebody who can just line it up for you and you can write it yourself. Um, sometimes people really want to be um, able to do it for themselves like that. They don't want to have to tell people what to write. That can be really useful. Um, so that's checks. It's pretty simple. There's those two options, um, either large print or raised line checks or um the writing guide. You can also print checks. Um, there's software that can print checks, especially if you're working for a business and you're going to need to be writing a lot of checks. If, like, you're, if you're working for um, the admin side of a business and you have to do the payroll, um, then you may want to just do some software so you don't have to write out each check, which is what most businesses do. So they don't have to sit there writing out checks to you know, 50 different employees. Um, so there's options for that as well. Um, so in signing your check, if you are not good at cursive um, or you just don't feel like signing every time and you sign a lot of forms and checks and all sorts of things, there are uh, stamps that you can get so you sign once, you can bring it to a place like Best Buy will do it. Um, a lot of office supply stores will do it um, and they will make you a stamp. Um, I'm not sure of the cost, but it's not cost prohibitive. I think it's like 10 bucks per stamp. I'm not certain of that. It, dep it depends on the stamp and the, you know, the size of the stamp and um, the different stores. So check with your store. Um, Best Buy, Office Depot, those kind of stores will be able to do it for you. Um, but that is a great option if you just don't want to sign everything or signing your name in cursive is really hard. I mean, there are some, you know, there are people who never saw cursive, never got taught cursive. And so signing their name is di very difficult. Um, so a stamp can definitely be a good option so that you don't get, you know, People will say, oh, just sign an X. That can be embarrassing for some people. You don't have a signature. Um, 
you know, it doesn't have to be. If you just want to do an X, that's fine. Um, and then they'll write, you know, verbally consented. Um, but a stamp is a really good option if that's what you really want to be able to do. So, you know, that you can use that on checks, you can use that on medical forms, you can use that on your lease, you know, things like that. Um, for banks, um, many banks can talk to you about um, alternative ser um, services for people with disabilities, but you have to ask for them. They're not going to just ask, oh, are you blind? They're actually not allowed to, under ADA, ask if you are disabled, um, what your disability is. But if you tell them, look, I'm blind, I can't read those print statements, they can go, oh, do you need large print? Do you need Braille? Can we send you digital only? Um, so some banks will have Braille, some will not. Um, most will have large print available. I haven't come across a bank that did not have large print available. Large print to them is usually 16 font. Um, you may be able to request larger, but most will not. I don't think a lot of banks will honor something higher than 16 because it gets expensive. Um, at that point, they will go, can we send you a digital statement and not send you a print at all? And then you'll be able to read it with whatever technology you need. Um, that is what I have done. I don't like paper statements. I do it all digitally. So each month they send me an email with my statement in it. Um, and I can also look in the app. So that is the next thing to consider is can you do your banking through your bank's app? That is a question because not all banks' apps are accessible with screen readers. Not all of them allow dynamic text or um contrasting text like you know like iPhones will allow for everything to be switched over to white on black instead of black and white some apps won't allow that and some bank apps won't allow that um, so it is a matter of is it going to be accessible to you the best way to find out is to ask the bank and this is definitely something to consider if you are looking to open a new bank account is ask the bank what is your app like? Talk to, you know, ask, can you ask your developer if it is accessible with screen reader? Is it going to allow dynamic text? Is it going to allow high contrast for the text? Um, they'll be able to reach out to the developer and verify that. Um, and you can advocate for them to talk to the developer about changing that if it's not accessible to you. Um, you know, otherwise, you may not want to bank the, them if you want to do mobile banking. Um, the only app that I can verify is accessible is my bank's app. Um, I bank with Bank of America, and every bit of their app is 100% screen reader accessible with voiceover. And it is wonderful. I have never had any problems getting through my information on the bank app. Um, unfortunately, not all bank apps are like that. So please just reach out to the bank that you're interested in or that you're banking with and ask them directly. Um, and they cannot know if it's an issue if they don't, if you don't tell them and they verify it. And, you know, you might mention, oh, it's not accessible. Could it become accessible? That could be a good thing to advocate for yourself. 
Um, so um, that is all I have on um, banking specifically. It, but um, when you ask about the app is also a good time to ask about al uh, alternative formats and other um, accessibility services. You could ask, I'm blind, what accessibility services do you have for a blind person or for someone with low vision? Um, you know, do you have, if you have hearing loss, do you have TTY? Do you have texting? with a bank representative. You know, there's, um, do you have live chat? Some banks will have a live chat available. So those are all things to consider um, when you are talking to your bank. Do we have any questions about banking and checks at this time? Tarika uh, has her hand raised. Okay, Tarika. What is a writing guide? So a writing guide is um, a stiff um, material, usually either cardboard or metal, and it has pieces cut out in the places where you would write. For example, if you have a check, it is the size of the check, and then it overlays, it lays on top of the check, and then it has cutouts in the spots for the two form, the, um, you know, what it's for, that area for the amount and for your signature. So then you know, you know, those are places where you write. Where do you get them? Um, there are many places you can get them. You, if you are working with Boca Rehab, they can often supply them through the independent living services. Um, a lot of places that sell um, blindness related um, uh, devices will also sell them like LSNS, um, I think you can get them on Amazon even, um, just search for writing guide, um, different places and it should bring it up pretty easily. Um, independentliving.com I think is another place. Blind My Smart probably has them as well. Just look around at the, uh, places that serve blind people and they probably have them. Um, sometimes organizations will give them away for free. Um, I know that our local chapter gives away signature guides that have our um, chapter information on them. I have some in my purse currently um, that we just give away to people and say, you know, if you know a blind person, give this to them. A signature guide is just something you hand to somebody, they put it over on the signature line, and then you know exactly where to sign because it blocks it out. So, um, so yeah, those guides can be really useful and they're pretty easy to find. Any other questions? Yes, as a matter of fact, we do. Desiree. Hello, I just uh, did a search on Amazon for check signature guide and mm -hmm. several options have popped awesome. up. I thought they'd so. have them, yeah. Oh yes, <laughs> there are many options. That. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty easy to find and they're not expensive. You can get them really cheap in cardboard and metal. Obviously, metal is going to be a little more expensive, but it's going to be more durable. Uh, these ones appear to be plastic. Oh, that plastic was the first, well, then. first okay. ones that popped up. Oh, yeah. Huh. I've not seen the plastic ones, but I mean, it makes sense. So, yeah. 
So any hard um, material, but also you can give them a cardboard, which obviously isn't going to be as durable, but works as well. Oh, the ones that I've seen that I really adore have the, you know, the plastic on the two sides and the top, but like a, um, not a rubber band, but uh, elastic on the bottom. Those right. ones are my favorite. Yes, I like those too because my name has several drop-down letters. Without the rubber band or you know the elastic on there, I can't do my drop-down letters because you can't go past the hard material. Yep. And if you shift it, then you, there's no more line. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so those are very useful. Rebby, any more questions on this topic? Yes, hi, Al. Thanks. So, um, just wanted to comment. Most major banks, Chase, America, um, Wells Fargo, all the major national banks are do have accessible apps. Um, okay. That's, uh, and I know this because uh, blind community, we talk, right? So, right. Um, I personally use Chase. I have no problems with it. Um, also, there was one thing. Yes, uh, the smaller banks, uh, the, the regional ones are more um, particular about that stuff. Uh, not yeah. particular, rather just you may not get as good access uh, on them. But yeah, if you're not sure, uh, also the, the great option instead of, you know, talking to somebody who may or may not know, may not may or may not give you the correct answer on the phone at the bank it is a really good idea to get in contact with your local nearest and dearest blind support mm. folk and ask them because uh we will give you the skinny on anything if you ask so yeah that's just another option yeah especially if and, it's a and, regional bank oh sorry right I uh, one more thing before i forget because yeah um this is for, for uh, Tarika, I think her name is. You can find anything blind related on Amazon these days, and they find it a lot more affordable than um, than uh, some of the blind related companies. I, I know I'm probably support, supposed to support them in theory, but really when you're on a budget or whatever, uh, sometimes Amazon does have the greatest. I bought uh, Bump, buy bump dots from them. You can even mm -hmm. buy a money identifier from them. Talking scales, uh, Bluetooth scales. You can buy anything, mm -hmm. especially the canes, cane the tips, cane holsters. Canes. Like you name it. Oh, yeah. You name it. Cane it is a blind thing. Amazon has it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. And if you can't find it on Amazon, you can find it on eBay. You can find it on Blind Bargain. Yeah, and you'll find it a little bit more affordable than yeah. some of those places. So, definitely. Yep, already, I'm, I'm done. Herbie, can you mute me, please? Thanks. Thank you, Hayel. Um, that is a good point. Yeah, if you, go, especially if it's a regional bank, if you talk to the regional chapter, likelihood that somebody banks with them is high. Or somebody who has banked with them and left because they weren't accessible. So, awesome. Thank you, Hael. Do we have any more hands on this topic? I have one we more topic. We currently do not. Okay. I have one more topic, and it is a quick one. Um, because it really depends on your preferences. Budgeting. Um, 
budgeting can be very accessible. Um, you're not going to, you don't have to sit there with a little bitty book and write down every, um, everything you spend and everything you receive in one of those um, check balancing books or uh, a budgeting book anymore. Um, there are really good apps. One of the apps that I know is very accessible is called Good Budget. And they also have an, a website that you can access the same information. Um, that is goodbudget.com. Um, it does have a subscription if you want premium services, but the basic services are completely free. Um, so like once you get to a certain number of um, envelopes is what they call them, like folders, then you know it will limit you um, if you're not paying the premium. Once you pay the subscription, then you get unlimited. However, I believe the uh, limit on the envelopes is like seven, I think, for the um, free. So, you know, that could be your uh, rent and utilities, your groceries, your um, transportation funds. You know, there's a lot of things you can put in seven envelopes. So each envelope is where you put how much you're going to spend that month on the um, category. So you could put, you know, if you're spending $1,200 on rent and $400 on utilities for the month, then you put $1,600 on your rent and utilities. And then at the beginning of the month, it will deposit the money that you put in, you put that you make each month. Um, it'll directly put it into the envelopes. And then when you spend that, you just, you know, add a um, expenditure you tell it what category it's in and it subtracts it. So you can keep track of how much you've spent in each category right there in the app or the website. It is very accessible and very handy. Another technique that I've seen used is Excel. Um, Excel spreadsheets and spreadsheets in general. So if you wanted to use a Google spreadsheet um, for like if you have a household and you need to you know, make sure everybody has access to it, um, any kind of spreadsheet is very handy for budgeting. Excel especially has lots of features that are great for budgeting. You could have, you could have um, columns that are the months and rows that are the categories. And then at the end of the columns, you have a column that says total, you know, total for the year. And then it you put in a formula, it can add up all of those row, those columns for that row. And then, you know, at the end of the year that you spent, you know, $2,200, $22,000 on rent and utilities, something like that. Yeah, whatever it is. Um, but then you can look back and you can have different worksheets for each year. And then you can go and switch between sheets to look back and, and go, okay, what did I spend last year on this? Is it more? Is it less? What am I doing differently? Um, so you, your groceries one year might be $800 a month. Um, yeah, that's pretty high. If you got a big family, um, you know, you could be spending $300 a month on groceries one year. And then the next year, oh, inflation's really bad. <clears throat> and you're spending $400 a month on groceries now or uh, now you're spending $500 on groceries a month and you're going, hmm, I need to adjust my budget 
to make up for the extra cost of groceries because chicken and all sorts of ingredients are very expensive right now. <clears throat> um, so, you know, it, it gives you the ability to look back um, and, you know, watch your budget over many years. Um, the Good Budget app and the Good Budget website can keep track, but it's a little harder to look back at things. So an Excel spreadsheet can be very easy to switch between sheets and look back at the years and the months and see what you've been spending. It does take a little more effort to set up and learn how to use, but it is very doable. So that is what I have on budgeting. And there's definitely lots of other apps out there for budgeting and lots of other um, software and services out there for budgeting. Um, and I love to hear what other people use for maintaining their budget. Um, that is the last topic. I'm going to open it up to any question about money management at this time. Ravi, do we have any hands? As a matter of fact, we do. Tarika. Hey, Tarika. Tarika. Um, I use an Excel spreadsheet template that I got off of the Microsoft website oh. and it's a monthly budget template. So what I do is I have one sheet that says projected whatever, cause I live in an apartment. So it says projected apartment. And I just, mm -hmm. for every month I will copy that sheet and tell it to move to the end of all mm -hmm. of my sheets so that if anything changes in expenses, I only have to go to that projected apartment budget, change whatever category expense is in there because it has a bunch of categories all lined up nice and neat and it's all mm -hmm. set up where it's got the, it'll sum oh. and put your difference and it'll have your difference between projected expenses and actual expenses. It's really nice. And yeah, that's a really great template. Change. I only have to change the expense in the projected sheet. And then for the next month, I can just copy that projected sheet and it'll have the current budget amounts. So it's really nice. That could definitely save time to have a template. I didn't know that was one of the templates that was available. That's awesome. And if you want to learn more about using a cell like that, if you don't know how to move and, you know, copy and move a sheet, for example, Freedom Scientific, if you're using JAWS, has a lot of really good um, tutorials on that, podcasts and um, um, recorded seminars and such. Um, if you are using um, your vision for it, uh, Microsoft has a lot of really good information on their website as well. Um, so, you know, if you look on their website and you search for moving and, you know, copying and moving a sheet, it will tell you how that's done. And that's pretty cool. Any other hands, hurry. Not at the moment. Okay. Let's see what the hand thing is. Let's see. Was that Nora? Do you have a question? No, that was Diane, actually, who oh. just unmuted. 
Dan, Diana, did you have, did a, you question? have a question? Well, she not. is muted again, so nope. Okay. Just want to make sure because I know some people have a little trouble finding that raised hand. It is buried. Where is um, it? Oh. Yeah. Diane, we can hear you. Do you want to go ahead and ask your question? Oh, I think she's muted again. Oh. <clears throat> oh, there she is. Diane, we can hear you. Go ahead and ask your question. Okay, I'm Rosalind. If you can hear me, I'm not sure. But uh, there were just a couple things that I really like the program. It's totally fantastic. And uh, I've been trying to catch these Zooms from the uh, Portland, Oregon location. And, and uh, I've been wearing a day pack all the time because I keep losing my glasses and I can still mm. see. But uh, I found the day pack to be really invaluable for not losing things. And um, um, so I just keep everything in there, particularly always a key and it's attached, you know, with a, with a chain. Um, mm -hmm. Let's see. Let's see. And the other thing was, uh, yeah, I've had trouble with checkbooks too. So I think uh, some of your ideas are fantastic. And, um, awesome. You know, I just yeah. got a new computer that has, it does have some narrative features on it. I got the all in one 24 inch screen. So it's really big. Mm -hmm. And uh, that is uh, helping me figure things out, but uh, it still has a lot of bells and whistles. I don't don't really know because I came from an eight point one version, and it you know it scales it. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a much more complicated. <laughs> Do you still use a lot of checks? Yeah, um, uh, I decided uh, because my vision is, is worse. It's glaucoma, um, mm -hmm. sort of like double vision in one eye, and the other eye is pretty fuzzy, and mm -hmm. so. Um, uh, so basically, um, I decided to try to do auto pay on a lot of things. Um, gotcha. you know, I'm a little worried about, you know, somebody getting in there, but what can you do? I mean, auto pay means that it's supposed to be secure, right? And if you find out that they make, they make a charge that you didn't, um, you didn't agree to, you can call your bank and, um, you know, uh, contest that charge. Okay. I know if I call my bank and I say, I didn't make that charge, I don't know who made that charge, then they will put that money back in within 24 hours and then they will investigate. And if they investigate and it is in my favor, which I've never had a chance at a time when it was in my favor because I don't use it unless it actually is not something I've done, mm -hmm. then this stays, you know, it stays in your account and it says if it was never gone, if they investigate and they find in the other person's favor, like that was a real charge and you just forgot about maybe, um, then the money will be taken back out of your account, which, you know, seems right. fair to me. Um, right. But yeah, so you know, even with auto pay, if it, if it's not a charge that you um, consent, you agreed to, then just contest it with your bank and they'll take care of it. Okay, well, that's really helpful. And there was just one final thing. Um, well, I know people love uh, Amazon and everything, and uh, I'm just really against it because I feel that mm -hmm. uh, it's a monopoly and um, it drives out mom and pop and small businesses and local brick and mortar stores. And I'd rather talk to a person, a live person, rather than a robot anytime, you know. Well, and, uh, there you are know. definitely other options. So like, for example, the signature guides and writing guides, you can find that um, LS and S 
lss.com lss.com has those um maxi aids has those um if you talk to your voc rehab even if you don't have a case they can t- recommend where to find it um so they can tell you oh yeah the independent living center down the street has those and then you know you know you can actually go talk to a person and see the devices or um guides or you know other um, assistive tech stuff um, in person before you buy it too. So some places have those locations. You're probably um, not a big enough city to have that happen. Right. But your Vogue Rehab should be able to tell you this is where we get it when we buy it for our clients. Even if you're not a client of Vogue Rehab, they'll be able to tell you, oh yes, this is where we get it for our clients. And then you'll be able to, you, you'll have a recommendation that they know is a right. good one. That sounds really interesting. And then there was uh, somebody and, recommended she's blind lady in the park that I know of. And just saying that Tarika has her hand raised again. Oh, sorry. And um, Hayel mentioned... She just raised it, so don't okay. worry. Um, Go ahead. Yeah, Hayel mentioned reaching out to your chapter about regional banks. I would recommend that's also a good option for um, resources for... Um, products that you want to purchase your local chapter will be able to point out some really good or your national chapter even can point out some really good places to find the products that you're looking for you don't have to go to amazon or ebay or you know wherever else you have options yeah i like to think it's more secure in person and also the um i want to get a talking watch and uh, maxi aids was recommended to me Mm -hmm. there's a lot of places to find talking watches um so yeah, that is an option. Um, I know uh, the NFB Marketplace has them. I believe LSNS also has those. That's actually one of my favorite stores for blindness-related um, devices, LSNS. Um, they have some really good products. LSNS, so Lima, Sierra, and Sierra, so ampersand. Uh, but the um, address drops the ampersand, so it's lss.com. So L is in Larry, S is in Sam, S is in Sam. Excuse me. Correct. That's correct. Okay. Super. Well, I really appreciate you guys' help. That's really nice. You're welcome. We're, yeah. We are glad to have you here. Well, stay healthy. <laughs> Keep doing it. Thanks. Uh, let's go ahead and take Tarika's hand then. Thank you. I just had a comment about Amazon. It's like a department store that also sells its own stuff. Brands will come and they will make seller accounts. So what you're actually buying is the products from these different stores and Amazon's just delivering them. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like going to your local Walmart. Walmart's mm-hmm. got its brands, but it also has partnered with other companies to sell their brands. That's what Amazon's sure. like. Very true. And Amazon does now mark um, some products as coming from a small business. So there's that also. I mean, you could actually go in and um, select that you only want from small businesses, too. Um, But, you know, if somebody doesn't want to use Amazon, that's their choice and it's okay. Um, But you're right. Little Maxi Aids, too. That's where I bought Mm -hmm. my last two canes. Mm hmm. They do the same thing. They have products from all sorts of sources as well. Yes. Um, so on Maxi Aids, you're going to find um, products from all sorts of different sources as well. 
There's also um, other sources, like for example, Palmer Vision is one that I learned about recently. Um, and they work with a lot of the bigger sources, but they also work with the much smaller businesses that are coming up with innovative uh, things. Um, like there is a phone out there that just came out. It is a big expensive. It's like $1,400, but it is totally voice controlled. Um, and that is a small business innovating to create something new. Um, so there's definitely ways to support these small businesses that are creating something like completely innovative and, you know, unique as well. I, there's McCann's Medical in Portland, Oregon, too. And I got a really nice cane there, a quad cane. What is that one? Uh, McCann's Medical. M -C -A -N -N -S, McCann's. A-N-N-S. McCann's. Okay. Yeah, they're a, a local store. But I have yeah. heard Amazon cool. also tries to take over businesses by um, offering them space and then mm -hmm. sabotaging the business and taking it over. So I just don't yeah. trust Unfortunately, a lot of large businesses do that. And, you know, sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it's not such a good thing. Um, just, you know, how you look at it and also, you know, how it works out for all the companies. Um, you know, so it, you know, you have options and you can choose if you don't want to work with somebody. If you want to work with somebody, that's up to you. You have options. Heard be any more hands at this time? There are not. Okay. Can I get a time check? You certainly can. It is currently uh, 10 minutes to the top of the hour. Okay. Thank you, Herbie. So we got 10 minutes. It, um, does anybody want to, I'm going to open the floor up to any infinite living skills topics and maybe we'll use those um, topics for future calls. Um, I do know that Desiree has some announcements to make. So if we don't have any calls, any hands left, then we will go straight to her. There are currently no raised hands. Okay, so Desiree, why don't you tell us what's coming oh, up? Tarika again. Oh. So I have okay. a question about independent living skills in general. Okay. Uh, is this the first call you've done or have you done previous ones? Because I'm not too familiar with independent living skills in general, mm -hmm. and I was wanting to know if you had any. And yeah, I have done um previous calls through acb um that were also called in living skills and they were streamed so they would be out in the media stream and i believe some of them were also podcasted um but many of the topics that i covered will be covered again um so yeah this is going to be an ongoing monthly call so just keep coming back and you know learn each time We'd love to have you. And Hayel has her hand raised. Okay. Real quick, this is for Tarika. Um, Hall Foundation and Learning Center, if you, uh, Desiree will, will give the information in the, in the uh, closing announcements. 
can go ahead and call us and uh, we will, if you have any questions in the meantime, so you don't have to wait for any, any calls or any of that, you can definitely contact one of your, uh, myself, Haela or Jewel or Desiree or Teresa Christian. Uh, and we will definitely, uh, make ourselves available to to be contacted by any of you who uh, have questions about independent living schools in the meantime that's what we're what that is what we're here for i'll mute thanks guys exactly thank you hiel that's a good point to make yeah we are definitely here for you this is our main focus um and also if you reach out to hall foundation and learning center um there are calls that we do not put out on acb um, and um, if you get on the newsletter, those um, calls are on the schedule, and um, there are some really good calls on there. So, Desiree, speaking of upcoming calls, can you tell us what's upcoming? Yeah, I will, just a second. Um, at this time, we would like to thank our Hull Foundation contributors and members for without their support, these calls would not be possible. In other words, those members and contributors, they really help out a lot. In a minute, I will give out our contact information. Our upcoming events are in person, the Monster Mash happening between October 24th and 27th. The theme is 60 Years of Monsters. There will be friends, crafts, costumes, games, movie night, and a ghoulish and lots of ghoulish fun upcoming Zoom calls. Thursday, that would be tomorrow, uh, you can join Hiel for sight loss and hearing loss. Friday, October 7th at uh, 7 p.m. Pacific standard time or are we into daylight savings yet i don't remember it's pacific time whatever that is uh we have first friday with friends and family our contact information is five zero three six six eight six one nine five our email is oral hall at gmail O-R-A-L-H-U-L-L at gmail.com. Our website is www.hullparkfortheblind.org. H-U-L-L-P-A-R-K fortheblind.org. Our point to ponder, never stand begging for that which you have the power to earn. And that was from Miguel de Cervantes. And the joke for tonight is, how do cats make the fluffiest omelets? They have the best whiskers. Groaner. <laughs> Ta-da. I don't got anything else to read. <laughs> Thank you, Desiree. That's that's awesome. We Tarika has her hand raised again. Okay. Teresa came before me. Thank you. Oh. One thing one thing I did wanna can you hear me okay? Yeah. Yes. Okay. One thing I did wanna mention is that we do have a um, living with sight loss daily living skills kind of class coming up in November 9th, tenth, and eleventh. 
Mm-hmm. And we also have scholarships. People come from all across the country to attend these in-person things. So since we're talking about independent living, there you go. That's a That's hands-on, fine. yeah. And I've heard those seminars are a lot of fun and people come back to them time and time again. And make yes. nice friends. <laughs> right. Yeah, just making friends going to be worth it. As people talk. We have three minutes and Tarika... Uh, actually, we got two raised hands. Um, okay. uh, Randy. Uh, Randy. I have no questions, so I just thought to make a comment that that was real good, but what was talked about today. Thank you. This will be a monthly call, so come back and learn some more and share some more. And um, Tarika. I wanted to ask for the contact information to be repeated. Okay, I'm getting there. <laughs> I, had, I had closed down the document. <laughs> oh, no. It's okay. I'm getting it real fast. Like, okay, the contact information. Um, do you want all of it or specific? Yes, all of it. The website, the email address, and the phone number. All right. The phone number is 5 zero three six six eight six one nine five again the phone number is five oh three six six eight six one nine five email address is oral hall at gmail dot com o r a l h u l l at gmail dot com the website is www.hullparkfortheblind.org. H-U-L-L-P-A-R-K-F-O-R-T-H-E-B-L-I-N-D.org. O-R-G.